Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. So welcome back to another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Joining me today, I have Stefan Leopold. Is that right, Stefan? Did I say your name right? Uh, it's actually Leipold. Leipold. Okay. Stefan Leipold. Stefan is the CEO of Stark. He is also the inventor of a magnetic privacy screen for laptops and PCs. And we're going to talk a little bit about Stefan and his background, and then we're going to dive right into kind of the new normal, working from home, cybersecurity, and physical security. And Stefan is an expert in that. He's talked about it on other shows. He's written about it. And of course, his, I believe, patented privacy screen is, is part of that effort as well, which you can find at startgeek.biz, if I'm not mistaken. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, yourself, your background. How did you come to invent this privacy screen? That kind of thing. Thank you for having me. Yes. So my name is Stefan Leipold. How I got into um, cybersecurity and technology was actually very simple. I got a computer when I was around seven, eight years old. And my first franchise was probably with nine when I learned how to hack computer games and sell them to my buddies. <laughs> um, from there on, I just love technology. And then uh, I, I studied and I worked uh, at Volkswagen Hanover, Germany. And I built my side business on the side, and at one point I realized that I actually can make more money and have more success in technology than actually working as an assembly belt member in a Volkswagen. So, and so I started my first business, and uh, I think that's that's how it all started. So, was your first business this privacy screen business, or did you do something else? No, that was coming right later. I think we I called it my my magic or lucky moment. I fixed somebody's computer and he was actually working for the unemployment agency in Germany. And I said, dude, we just got uh, a job offer in before I put it on the market. Isn't that something you, you would love to do? And it was a job with Microsoft presenting a new learning solution in the US and in Europe. So I took this, obviously I had no idea what I was doing, but I took it. And uh, when I met with them, they were blown away from, from my knowledge. Even if I didn't have any of the certification, I just had the knowledge. So these guys trained me to do this. I presented Microsoft and New Horizons three times on the CBIT World Exhibition about uh, learnings, about technology, Microsoft stuff. I became a Microsoft trainer. I hold currently 71 certifications about uh, from Microsoft, Cisco, uh, Masa, Bachelor, all this stuff. And uh, so I started my first cybersecurity company in Germany, then expanded to Switzerland. In 2009, I opened the first one in the US. My book that is coming out now is about my venture to the United States, which is really funny because I had this brilliant mindset. Hey, I'm German. I'm going to go to America. Everybody kisses my feet and throws money at me. <laughs> it didn't work at all. <laughs> Long story short, uh, I basically was knocking doors and ended up more or less being homeless because at a certain point of time, you can't stay at all your friends and kick you out sooner or later. 
So then I literally right. got together, knocked doors, uh, dressed up, and uh, I was lucky enough to to fix somebody's laptop. And she happened to be a, the daughter of a famous person. And so she hooked me up with somebody else, which was the sixth, sixth biggest real estate company in New York. And they gave me a small desk, but it was my own office. And from there, it actually went slowly back, uh, like um, upwards. I met my, my, my best friend today. Uh, he took me on a trip to China. He's American-born Chinese. And uh, so then we partnered with two companies in China. And we had this brilliant idea of privacy was there. We basically came up with the idea of taking 3M's original product, the privacy screen, it was made by them, metalizing the top and using the magnetics inside these laptops to adhere. Like right now, I have one on my computer. So you can take them off, you can put them on, you have privacy, you can open and close the camera, and they're fully flexible. They don't break compared to, to some copies of yeah, our wow. uh, We made an eight-second video, and the video went viral. And it was not million-dollar production. It was literally a phone video where I wanted to show my product, which actually shows how powerful social media is. I showed my product to my buddies, and I threw it onto my laptop, and it stuck perfectly fine. And I was like, did you see that? And I was like, so surprised. But we turned this into a video and it went viral. And the third order we got after the second day was Apple directly. And so we had the biggest companies wow. of our product and it just blew up. And uh, I mean, the name Stark, everything was an amazing accident because the name Stark means strong in German. But Tony Stark, Iron Man, did an amazing job of making a name known. And uh, we didn't even know about it. The funny story about the name, how we came up with it was, my buddy and I, we were like, we need a name that is strong, like German stuff, like Rolex and Porsche. It's great stuff. And so we translated German words, English words. He's like, what, what means iron? I said, Eisen. He said, ah, that sounds terrible. So he said, what means strong? And I said, dude, that's it. Stark, Iron Man, Stark Industries. Iron Man has the color of the German flag. I said, that's it. And we were like, oh, maybe it's already trademarked. And I said, I don't think so. Marvelous trademark. Iron Man, maybe, but not Stark. And it was not. So we actually applied for it and we got it. So, and that's, that's how it all starts. I like yeah. it. I was kind of expecting you were going to tell me that you had an Iron Man suit in your closet as well. And that's the other product that Stark's making. This magnetic screen is a front for, you know, an Iron Man suit. That'd be kind of cool. But I love the magnetic screen. I want one. I already, you've just convinced me with just showing me what it is. So our listeners are primarily lawyers, corporate counsel who advise businesses. And some of them are business owners like yourself who started companies with right. either products or services. I think, you know, a lot of what you did, cybersecurity consulting and this privacy screen, the new normal is working from home. So now not everybody is working from an office anymore or even a cubicle. And we had cybersecurity concerns then and physical security concerns then, but it's right. worse now. It's amplified. People are in Starbucks. People are on street corners. They're in, you know, Oban Pan, whatever it is, wherever you are, they're outside and people are looking over their shoulders or so you've got this physical security problem, add to it cybersecurity. What advice do you have for people out there today? I know, I know your first piece of advice. I'm going to guess it. Buy a Stark privacy screen is probably your first. Is that right? Yes, but not only for the privacy, because also it minimizes the blue light effect, which is really important because ah. yeah. advertising on the side, we made this thing now it's the first color changing one in the world for kids because they're working all day and blue light makes you not sleep, right? But on the side, what you just said is super important because there is a new normal and people working from home. And there's a couple major key factors that people didn't calculate in when the whole thing started. And cybersecurity attacks are up by 400%. That is humongous. And I wrote four Forbes articles in the last six months about it. 
there's a couple of key factors to it. So the first one is based on our clientele, when we get a new client, why you mentioned legal and medical, they have PCI and HIPAA compliance. Almost 99% of every single client we got had the worst IT, and it was lawyers and doctors. The reason why is, A, they're lawyers, they're not IT guys. The second part is they said, oh, I hired an IT company. Okay, first, an IT company is built, an IT guy is built to build your infrastructure. Cybersecurity specialists or hackers, whatever it is, they're built, coming in to break it and work with your team to improve it because it's a different knowledge. So that's one part. The second part is I call them professional dinosaurs. I had a lawyer who deals with Brad Pitt, Prince Harry, etc. He opened his MacBook and I wanted to cry. All his passwords were taped next to the palm. He had no password protection. All the information on his laptop. And I was like, so do you know that you go to a Starbucks and everything you share here, your laptop has the name of you, which I can Google you. Plus I see all the data from like Prince Harry and everybody on there. It's right. like, yeah, my IT guy set this up. And I'm like, oh my God. So uh, out of this, I'm going to give a speech for 4,000 lawyers in Germany end of the month over a WebEx because they're very good in what they do, but they're very bad right. in technology. Because obviously... Yeah. Everybody can buy this, but it doesn't come with a manual. It doesn't tell you what it does in the background. And so now to the new normal, the mindset has shifted that people didn't, didn't understand. Um, so when you're a corporate owner, a lawyer, whatever you are, you spend $1,000 for your firewall with this UTM, Cloud Connect, you get the latest threats. You have a spam filter. You have the entire company totally, totally safe. So now you're going home and you're not taking the security awareness from your company home. When, when COVID right. started, we set up hundreds of computers to work from home. And we had corporate owners that have the best technology in their office. And at home, they had a Windows XP, XP computer from 2012. And you're connecting it. And people were not aware when you connect to your company, you bring in this maybe infected computer into your environment. So that, you know, the, right. the weakest part of the chain of security is exactly that. And the second part is... When it comes to legal, the legal system has, the lawyers have a program that connects it to the court. So the program is PCI compliance and all this stuff, which is great. So you let the, the program open, your computer is not secured, you're going to go to the kitchen, eat lunch, and somebody can take over your session. So that means I still have access to it because you have nothing safe or secured on your computer. So we wrote about what needs to be done and guidelines and policies, what needs to be done in order to keep people safe. And these guidelines needs to be enforced. There needs to be something we call it internet usage policy. So if you're a smaller company and you can't afford giving all your clients or all your employees a firewall, a laptop and all that stuff, create policies, what to do, what not to do. And you need to check the home environment. If the router is outdated, uh, if the laptop has everything, all patches, all antivirus, it's set, but you need to make an investment because what people don't understand, it's not that you get hacked. There's two key factors that are really can break your neck these days. The first one is if you get hacked and you pay a ransom, you commit a federal crime. Because starting October last year, the, the United States Treasury has actually outruled that if you pay ransom, you uh, uh, do an act of terrorism. If you support terrorism, that's a federal crime. The second part is if I am some celebrity and you're a doctor and you just made, I don't know, my face, my boobs, my, my body, whatever, and I hack you. And I see your stuff and I make it public. And I, as a client, file a lawsuit. You have reputation is on the line. And so insurances do not cover this. Everybody thinks I have a cybersecurity policy now or insurance. But the cybersecurity insurance covers the IT guy to get you up and running again. It doesn't cover the ransom, which now is illegal. 
and it doesn't cover third-party liability lawsuits. That's a lot of things to, to consider. Fantastic point. So can I ask you a question, Stefan? So we use something called LastPass at our firm to share passwords and secure passwords. So are you going to tell me that's like horrible idea? I mean, it seems secure. There's a lot of web people who are like, yeah, that's pretty good. But you know, you're an expert. So are we doing something wrong there? I wouldn't say wrong. Uh, I have looked into a couple of these password keepers. And if you, if you do a little bit diligence, you will see that a lot of them actually got hacked already because they're a target for everything. Even, I mean, you name it right. last year, Microsoft, Google, QuickBooks, Intuit, TravelX, they all got hacked. And, and it's not like that there's somebody sits in the chamber and types code in. They actually send something out, which is a phishing attack, and then somebody clicks on something and you get hacked. Same as the law firm that just got hacked. So these programs are great if their security in-house is great and the policies are great, like, like Winstorm, right? When one, two, three password. But when it comes to passwords, and, and it's every time I give a speech, there's always one guy in the room who's like, yeah, yeah, that's my password. And I was like, don't say that, you know? Password right. should not be password one, two, three, my kid's date, birthday, and then people say, oh, yeah, that's mine. I don't want to know. So a password should be lowercase, uppercase, symbols, and, and at least 16 characters. And you should change them every other month. And of course, do not wow. make a document my password list because if I steal your device, that's the first thing I'm looking for. So create a contact in Outlook in the notes. You just, in the notes of the contact, you, you write your passwords, but don't write a name and password because it's indexable. So saving passwords online is great if the company keeps it safe, but most of the password keeper companies had already security breaches. Right, okay, makes sense. So it seems like a lot of the attacks then, so if you have LastPass, it's not that the program's faulty, but the company's security, if somebody can get into one user's account, they have access to any password that's ever been shared with that employee. That's, right. that's the vulnerability, the person vulnerability. So that's where the privacy screen comes in. So tell me about that, you told me how you invented it. Is that patented, did you go through that process? Um, how did you get to the the retailers? How did you get to Apple? I mean, you said Apple reached out to you. Uh, no, they purchased us. So, so what happened is, so we made a collaboration uh, when we were in Asia. So we put actually three companies heads together, and I did not invent privacy screens nor magnets. Right? We just had all the idea of putting it together, and because I was very well known in the IT or cybersecurity business, I decided from the three people cooperation that I actually pushed the whole thing out. And they do the manufacturing and the quality part. That was the original idea. So when we when we pushed the whole thing out, the first product, so we already had version six. The first product was just a piece of privacy screen with a piece of metal on it. And because working at Volkswagen, I learned about quality control. So we asked the clients, what do you think? And they're like, oh, it damages our laptop and makes scratches. So we keep improving the product. People wanted to have a camera shutter built in. People ask for privacy, privacy filter for no reflections. So we, we keep improving the product. What the biggest advantage is, so, so my, my, I would say, passion is ethical hacking. So I hack human beings without them actually knowing they're being engineered. So I can make you do things without you actually knowing that you just did something. And you get the punishment and I walk away with the money. And that's how you actually get into cooperation. You manipulate humans to click on an email or whatever it is. So by me not sitting next to you, I have, when I gave my speeches for Microsoft, they asked me for real life examples. So on my presentations, I took videos sitting next to the CFO of a very well-known bank in New York City. And she had a credit card on the table. She was typing and she was doing a Chase online business. And then she opened up her phone and opened the Word document with all her passwords. 
So I took a video of everything and then I went to my laptop. I added her on LinkedIn. I was like, I don't know. That was a good idea. Maybe she slaps me in a minute. And she was like, seriously? And I was like, yes. And she said, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. And I was like, yeah, I, I will just show you. I also support from time to time law enforcement and I'll give you a free training, a free set of privacy screens. And people are not aware what people can do with your information if I'm just sitting next to you and see what you do. Right. So that physical security thing, it pays to look around you too when you're working in a location like a public place. That's something that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. We all customers somewhere, right? And we, we carry sensitive right. information. If, if I could ask you, Stefan, so if there were three things that you could tell somebody working, a business owner or, or a lawyer to tell your clients about cybersecurity today and working from home, what would the three big major things be? What are those three like? You must be aware of this, do this or do that. So the first three things that I think is always the main important thing, IT and IT security. Nobody likes the IT guy. He's always the guy that is only like when something doesn't work, right? So the key thing that I teach all my clients is today's technology is your tool. If your tool breaks, you can't work. So maintain your tool. Yes, it costs money, but it, you need it. It's just what it is. So invest in your IT because you need to have it. The second part, keep it up to date. And the third part, which is the main factor besides it, educate your employees. People change in the company all the time, have internet usage policies, bring your own device policies, uh, what to open, not to open. Uh, and then another big part is when a lot of companies get phishing emails and they wire thousands of dollars to new clients that are not new clients, confirm. Confirm with your bank, uh, set up like if there's a wire going out more than $1,000, call us back. So this kind of steps need to be in place and informed every three weeks because we're all creatures of habit. For the stuff that I don't know, I walk out of the door and I forgot what I wanted to do, you know? So and for reinforce. So we do every couple of months, we send out an email and do tra- we do trainings by webcast. We say, hey, don't click on emails you don't know. Check the email address because a lot of times you'll see, you know, 123nicks at gmail.com, but the name in it will be some partner at the firm's name. They've created a false name attached to some Gmail address. So this happened, I think it was three years ago. Uh, we got a series of emails and we kept alerting people and alerting people, but not everybody paid attention. And all the emails targeted were legal assistance and that all the emails came from partners at the firms. They went on our website, picked a partner out, attached their name to a fake email address and said, I need you to buy 15 gift cards right away, scratch them off, take a photo and email them to me. And all I can think is, why would you ever do that? But they were so afraid of making the partner mad because of the law firm dynamics. So they got in, they used humans. In the army, we called that human intelligence. They used their idea of how humans react. You were talking about this. And they used technology together to spearfish. I think it happened to a legal assistant and a junior associate at our firm. Both did it. They both went out with their own credit card instead of the firm card, bought a whole bunch of gift cards, scratched them off, took a photo and emailed it back to that, not to the email of the partner, but to the, just replying back to the email. It's incredible to me. Now, to be fair, we got like 200 of these and two people out of 140 people at our firm, you know, it happened. But, but I mean, to me, is that, have you heard of something like that? To me, it was incredible. I was like, well, it's kind of brilliant. Like they thought not only about the tech spear phishing, they thought about, let me target the lowest level people and have the highest level people in the firm demand something from them. I mean, have you ever seen that before? 
Yes, I did a lot. But you mentioned something that is very important, which I actually do live examples on my speeches when I get people on stage. So people are always afraid of discomfort, right? Making the boss upset. So that's, that's what it right. is when you like lower in the food chain. When I was hacking a company physically, I impersonated a person with licensing at Microsoft. And when I called the company, I hang up three times as, wow, the line is bad. I did this in order to create a relation with this person. When I walked into this office to make an appointment, I was wearing a shirt. And then this is where hacking starts. You, I actually said, uh, if you want to bother your boss and you don't want to help me, that's fine. Can you please bother him? She doesn't want to bother the boss and not being helped. There's two negative words. And she's a positive person because I made her compliments, right? I said, like, oh, I like right. her. Blah, blah, blah. So she is totally willing to help me. And she let me access her computer. And at no point of anything, she actually was saying, are you really from Microsoft? Can we call Microsoft? And that's the thing. Like people are so afraid of asking questions for inconvenience and maybe getting in trouble that they're doing by, by abusing their kindness, um, they're getting into trouble. So the three big things you said, invest in IT, keep your IT updated, and then right. educate your people on how to use the updated and invested IT that you've created. That's right. kind of like Stefan's mix for success. So last thing I want to ask about, tell me about your book, because I need a signed copy from you for my collection of signed copies of books. But tell me about it. What's it called? What's it about? So I ran for the man of the year with the Lakeman and Former Society of America, and we had a lot of volunteers, and we collected all together $444,000 during COVID, which was amazing. And so Forbes got yeah. aware of me and other media as well. And so a company from Germany actually offered me a book deal. So they wrote the entire book. And it's about my story coming to the U.S., failing in the U.S., getting back up and getting where I am today. And half of my book wow. is actually donated for kids with cancer. And the other half, I will actually go to kindergartens, whatever it is, and I will walk there with money. I will tell them, hey, what do you need? Laptops, this and that. And I will give it away. So the book is totally all going 100% to like good cause. The title of the book um, is actually called Die Entscheidung. It's a German word. Actually, it means the decision. But if you do some research where the word is coming from, it's very powerful. The word, the decision, the Entscheidung comes from end, ending something. Entscheidung means pulling your sword out. And the times when people were heading a sword, pulling the sword out, charging forward for what you believe, even if you die, and leave everything that you don't want behind. And I think that is very much the, the pure de wow. definition of a decision, right? You go for it and you get it done. Pulling your sword up, that's fantastic. I, I, right. I'm going to remember that, that somehow at some point. But okay, right. so it's about your story, rags to riches story, where you literally right. came here, came here, ended up with nothing, and then you know elevated yourself to a major supplier for Apple and Microsoft and this, this Microsoft certified tech guru. So fantastic. Um, right. Well, thank you, for joining us. Is there anything else you want to add to our users? Anything else for the good of the day or the good of the people? I would just say maybe be authentic and just smile more often, you know, don't take everything so serious. I think that's the key to everything. Be happy. Don't you wish everybody would kind of be a little bit that way sometimes? Oh my gosh. And it's used to, you know, lawyers, it's so hard in our profession to, right. to get lawyers to authentically not taking everything really seriously. I'm, I'm kind of a professional. Um, at not taking everything seriously and only those, before. I, I think, I don't know, but I love that. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.